Well, welcome to the True Man Podcast with Mike Van Pelt, the comeback coach, helping you gain peace, clarity, and understanding in your walk with God as a man, a father, and a spouse. Hey, get involved with the show. Send your email to mike at truemanlifecoaching.com. If you're wondering what's gone adrift in my masculine soul and asking, is there more to life? This is where it begins. This is the True Man Podcast. Welcome to the True Man Podcast with Mike Van Pelt. This is an invitation to radical reconstruction of a man's masculine heart and soul and a place of safe community where we dare to ask questions deep-seated inside a man and explore ways to help you become a better man, a better dad, and a better spouse. Well, on the podcast today, I speak with poet and storyteller Branch Isoli. We talk about the choice and consequences of accepting personal responsibility and finding the power of of truth. Now, it feels like the secular and non-secular world have a growing gap in them. And I don't think you have to be a genius to see it going on. You know, you see the debates going on all around you, whether it's abortion, um, things going on in the LGBTQ community, climate change, education, listen, the list goes on and on and on, really, of the things that we have to argue about. And that gap just feels like it gets wider and deeper the more time goes on right now. Now, interestingly enough, a recent Gallup poll discovered adults belonging to synagogues or mosque is down 20 points from the turn of the century. Wow, that's all I can say. Today on the True Man Podcast, we talk more about the responsibility and the power of truth behind seeking a more Christ-filled life. Now enjoy the interview with Branch Isoli. Well, we live in a very, very fast-paced and changing world, and I think it would be easy to argue that some of the fast pace and change has consequences for our soul. And that may not be good. And it's certainly confusing to say the least. So how do we navigate this world and find the truth? Well, let's see if we can gain some deeper meaning today. So welcome to the po- podcast, uh, Branch Isoli. Branch is an author, poet, and storyteller, and writes and speaks about strength of choice to change consequences. He is the author of 22 books. Wow, he's been busy. And Branch is known worldwide for contemporary short stories, revealing emotions and issues often experienced, but not always voiced. And I can't wait to dig into that. Welcome, Branch, to the True Man Podcast. Good morning, Mike. It's great to be with you. Yeah, we're we're happy to have you here. You know, Branch, when you reached out to me uh, to be on the podcast, uh, it, uh, I was mentioning this before um, we hit the record button here. Uh, you said the final line that you wrote, and it really captured my attention, was if more people would courageously surrender to Christ, they could avail themselves to life's true coach. And I love that. And in a world full 
of people with answers that haven't done the heavy lifting of answering their own questions. What do you think, Branch, stops people from surrendering to Jesus? Wow, what a great question. <laughs> um, well, you know, it, that is sort of the quintessential question of life. Yeah. Um, we, as people, especially in this day and age, in the time in which we live, we have more of everything than ever in history before. And yet, what's missing? Why do so many people struggle? Why, you know, is there so much stress and conflict in people's lives? You know, for thousands of years, um, your primary goal as a human was to survive the day, you know, find enough food to eat and stave off the predators. And so that was the focus of virtually everyone alive. With the advent of science in the 17th century and the Industrial Revolution, you know, everything changed. And when technology started in the Industrial Revolution age, ever since then, it's sort of been like a runaway train and has been you know, growing and escalating phenomenally. So we have a a life today where we have instant access to everything and everyone in the world. And so we are bombarded daily with options and choices and consequences. And most of those things occupy, you know, our thoughts and our actions and tend to take away our focus from outside of our world. That is, you know, we don't have much of a spiritual focus because our entire energy is spent on our life getting ahead, our jobs, our careers, our relationships. And yet the thing that's missing most often for most of us is that sense of peace, that spiritual grounding provides. So we don't have spiritual grounding. We're in the dog eat dog and climbing the ladder and doing all the things of the world that want to keep us occupied and keep our focus off of that spiritual grounding. And so that's why I, I, you know, I allude to Jesus as the ultimate coach because every coach, you know, in their DNA is, doing the best for the people they coach. Yeah. And that's the quintessential statement about Christ. You know, uh, nobody has more interest in our success than he does. Uh, and so he's sort of the ultimate coach. And for people who are not, you know, on that path, on that spiritual path and don't know him, their struggle is a daily struggle. For those of us who have, gotten onto the path and have that spiritual grounding and that spiritual relationship, we have access to a sense of peace and calm, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter how chaotic, you know, it may be at any one time, we can step back from that and have solace in our relationship with him. So we get regrounded in order to keep going forward. But most of the, most of the time we have that. (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Branch, that you you kind of cover the ground that way because, you know, and I I commonly bring this up and people ask me all the time, what does true man mean? And true man was just based, right? It's the biblical idea of Jesus Christ walk on earth as a true man. So how can we become a true man? What is a true man? And I think that that is, you know, the point of everything that I do. It's certainly the point of this show is that that Jesus Christ walk on earth. He shows us uh, how to live our lives, p- provides us plenty of antidotes on what to do and how to do it. And yet we, we, we just overlook it. We just overlook it. Is it, is it, why do we overlook it? And I, this is a question I ask myself all the time. Um, just as a reflection, because as a coach, you know, I'm, I'm on the same walk that my clients are quite honestly. And, uh, you know, my answers may be different than their answers and that's okay. That's the whole point is that we are all individuals and we all get to have our own answer. But at the end of the day, if we're focused on being the true man that we can be and, and focused on that walk with Jesus Christ, it just seems to me, as you were saying, that life is just a lot more pleasant. Well, it gives us an opportunity to, you know, think outside of ourselves. The thing that the world does is it tries to convince us that everything is about us. <laughs> it's all about me, and I want it, and I want it right now, and I want it my way. And I'll do whatever I can or have to do to make that happen, regardless of the harm that it may bring, even to myself, but mostly to others. And we get into that mindset. And so when we are there in the world and of the world, that's what influences our thoughts. Yeah. Um, You made an interesting point just now about, you know, coach wanting what's best for whom they coach and having that experience. Every coach, just like every Christian, before they became a coach and before we became Christians, we were not in that place, right? So the coach understands what his clients or his students or his athletes are going through because he's experienced it. Mm-hmm. And for the, for the Christian, and you made another comment, which made me think of Christian versus Christ-like, and that's a big divide within mm-hmm. the Christian community. But Jesus was here, and he, as you said, experienced all of the things that we experience. So in that experience, in being man or among men, he knows what we're going through. But being God at the same time, his compassion and his mercy for us and his love for us in the coach sense is having that quality to know for us what's in our best interest, right? So he's here, he's experiencing the same things that we experience in our daily lives, and yet his whole focus is for us to become better people, you know, better family members, better community members. 
And so that's, you know, this coaching idea of having had the experience, I can now share with those who come to me because I understand where they are, where their struggle is, you know, what their struggle is causing them to think and do. So that's sort of the element of coaching is having been there and done that and being able to share that experience from firsthand knowledge. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I certainly didn't come to this from an easy place. Um, in fact, it required a heck of a lot of work. And, um, you know, what I like to refer to Jesus as is a compassionate warrior. I really feel he's that. Now, I, you know, like a lot of people grew up in a Sunday school, right, of the Jesus and the Lamb. And he's such a nice guy. And, you know, and, and, and while all that's true, certainly, um, I believe a better fitting word is warrior, you know, and um, he's not only fighting for us, he wants us to fight for, for, for him and all his love and all his glory. And, and um, I, I like that idea. I like the idea that somebody's fighting for me as bad as I want to fight for, for them. That's, that's that father and son relationship that is um, um, so intimate and um, so wonderful when you understand it from that perspective. And, and um, is that what you've experienced in, in your life? Yeah, most definitely. Um, prior to a spiritual acknowledgement of Christ and that spiritual walk, you know, I thought, and many people think of God as this uh, omnipotent, wrathful being or spirit, you know, who only wants to punish and reward. <laughs> right, right. And, and mostly punished, right? I mean, yeah. that's sort of the, the, the ecclesiastic bent in most churches is uh, God's great, but you have to come to us to get to him. And if you don't, you know, you're going to incur the wrath and punishment aspect. Here, look at the Old Testament and the Israelites, and you can see what that looks like. In the reality of it for the believer, for the Christ-like believer, is that we recognize God as a loving parent, you know, and in his love for us as believers and as Christians, but even as individuals, he only wants what's best for us. You made an interesting comment, and I wanted to play off that, you know, God demands nothing from us. Um, he doesn't coerce us. He doesn't cajole us. He doesn't try to connive us into believing who he is and what his purpose for us is in life. He does, however, demand at some point before we take our last breath, are we going to believe his word mm -hmm. in that? Are we going to believe he is who he says he is and Jesus Christ is who he says he is. And other than that, that demand on us before we take our last breath, he really kind of leaves us alone. And it's up to us to voluntarily decide whether or not we're going to have a relationship with him. And, you know, this is where we get into the common thing that we all experience, especially growing up, if you've had, you know, exposure to Christianity or the church, 
is that um, Jesus is there for me, but I can do what I want to do. And when I hit rock bottom or get into trouble, I'll turn back to him and ask him to help me out of this mess. Right. And, you know, make all kinds of promises uh, in exchange for that relief. When we're in that place, we only see God as one thing, you know, reward and punishment. And we fail to see that for the believer and for those who have accepted Jesus into their lives and have received his Holy Spirit, he's always there with us, which gets gets us back to our first point, which is there's a, a calmness and a peace Mm-hmm. that we possess when we possess his spirit. So no matter what we're going through, good, bad, or ugly, you know, he's there with us. And when we hit those rough spots, we have a choice. We can continue down that path thinking that, okay, I can fix this because I'm in control and it's my life. Or we can say, wait a minute, you know, I need some help and some guidance here. I I need a counselor. I need an instructor. I need an advocate who understands what I'm going through and can help me find the answer that's right for me. And that's what having the spirit of Christ living within us does. It gets us regrounded. It resets that point for us where we can say, wait a minute, you know, before I go any further, I better look at this from a different angle. And when we have the spirit of Christ within us, that's where that option comes. And and he comes to us and says, you know, okay, thanks for stopping before you go down that world path. And let's look at some of the consequences of choosing that path or that decision or choosing what I would do if I was there with you. You know, so am I going to re- respond in my selfish, worldly way, or am I going to respond in a Christ-like way? Am I going to emulate his thoughts and his words and his deeds when he experienced the same kinds of people and events that I'm experiencing now? And, and for me, that's the whole point of this spiritual relationship. I can draw upon his strength and his knowledge and his peace to understand I have options in this choice I'm about to make. And each one of those options has a consequence at the end of that trail. That's so fascinating. Do you, and this is just kind of one of the first things that that kind of comes to my mind, when you're making a decision on something in your life, do you have a process that you actually go through? Um, and, it, and it could be a large or small question. I don't know. But it, it, do you have a process that you take yourself through where you just go, okay, almost like a pro-con list? Here's, here's the good that could come out of it or here's the consequence that could come out of it? How do you weigh that in your life? Such a great question and such an important question because, yes, I do. But for, you know, 50 years, I didn't. And, <laughs> well, now that I can relate to. Yeah. yeah. So now, now that I'm on this spiritual path and I embrace the spirit of Christ and the spirit of God, the father within me, 
I rely on that spirit to help me to do exactly what Jesus said he would do when he sends the spirit to be with us, to be my advocate, to be my counselor, to be my instructor, and to be my guide. So, you know, for the first 50 years of my life, um, I didn't do that. I just went full blast ahead because that's what I wanted. And that's what I believed, you know, would get me the success and the rewards that I was after. And as with most people who are on the path and now walk with Christ, those things were empty promises. You know, they didn't fulfill what I really needed in my heart and in my soul. So now when I'm in situations where I have to make a decision, the first thing I do is I say, what would Jesus do? Mm -hmm. If he was here, what would his choice be? And as a believing Christian, as a Christ-like Christian, you know, my job and my choice is to emulate what his response would be. And this is so, you know, you think, well, that doesn't happen much. It happens every day with every person that you come in contact with. You know, we grow up basically with four fundamentals. Number one is love. You know, we all want and crave love. Number two is approval. And this starts at our earliest ages, um, two and up. You know, we want approval from our parents Mm -hmm. and we want approval from our peers. And then as adults, we want approval from our world at large. And when we are on that path and and we get to that point, the thing that we come to realize as adults is everyone who comes into my life has an agenda and they all want something from me to further their agenda. And, you know, when I'm, when I don't have that spirit of Christ within me, like the the blinders are on and the veil is pulled over so I can be convinced of just about anything and go down that path. When I've got the spiritual grounding, the blinders are off and the veil has been lifted so I can see the truth in my life and I can also see the truth in my world. And by knowing the truth and seeing the truth, I automatically can see the untruth. And so you, you, you come to realize the agenda that people are asking you to participate in when they come into your life. And so when, when, when I come into contact with people during my daily you know, living opportunities, I'm always cognizant of, okay, what is it they're asking me to do or what is it they want and why do they want that? And what's the reward or the punishment for, you know, agreeing to do that. And because I've got that spiritual grounding, when people are trying to not do something that's in my best interest, or at least in our best interest together, my answer is simply no, you know, I'd I'd like to help you, but I can't go there. So I, I actively engage in that discussion of what would Jesus do? And I know it's such a cliche, you know, from the 90s and the bracelet and the whole thing. But when I ask that question, his spirit guides me 
into what the consequences of my choices are. And then it's up to me to make that choice. You know, I can still go down the world's path, but at least I know going into it, there's some negative things that could be outcomes here. And if I don't want to experience those negative outcomes, I simply don't go down that path. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I suppose we could call it a cliche, but what what grounding words they are? What would Jesus do? And, you know, a lot of times I think if I'm with somebody, you know, I think in terms of the golden rule, uh, you know, because how do, how do I want to be treated? Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm still, um, you know, I'm still kind of like a child from the standpoint of, I want to be seen and heard. We all do. And so, you know, I, I circle back to the golden rule quite a bit because it just seems like a very respectful way to live. And it seems like something that Jesus would have done. So I, I like the idea of um, simplistic antidotes. Well, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, people <laughs> often people often say, well, how am I supposed to respond? This person did this to me or this person did that to me. And, you know, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the scripture cliche that everybody wants to bring up is, well, you know, turn the other cheek. <clears throat> and that can be very dangerous today, but there's something deeper behind that. And, you know, when, when God gave Moses the 10 commandments, he gave Moses 10 moral and ethical laws or rules for us to follow. And I always thought, well, had God, you know, had he wanted us to have more, he would have given Moses more, right? He knew that in those 10, Everything that we could do or say or all the situations we could get ourselves into would be covered by those 10. Now, then the first thing the Israelites did after getting the 10 was they made up 614 more <laughs> in order to well, well, know, dictate their. Moses was out of their, hands. So there, there, there was that, right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we go, we go, we go from 10. And the interesting thing is people, you know, people have difficulty with the Bible and, and that's understandable yeah. because it's difficult to read. It's yeah. uh, talking about times that are, you know, at least 2000 years ago and names and places we're unfamiliar with. And, and it's, it's a story, but it's not a novel and it jumps around and it's cross-referenced <laughs> and you know, it can be very difficult to get through. And yet <clears throat> Moses took those 10 and Jesus summed it up for us in two. In Matthew, he says, love God first and most and treat your neighbor like yourself, you know, the golden rule. So you hit upon the most fundamental teaching that Jesus imparted to his listeners and to his readers. And that is, you know, treat your neighbor, treat the other person the way you want to be treated. And to me, that's one of the primary things that's missing in our lives today. Oh boy. You know? <laughs> I, 
Yeah. And, and if we were to really dive into that, we'd probably be on this podcast for about five or six hours. I mean, it really is a fundamental thing that we're missing uh, from, from our, our, our culture as a whole. And I, I, I tend to think for, from our leadership, uh, and I'm, I don't think I'm making a political statement. I'm making a very broad statement when I say leadership, because I'm, I'm incorporating leadership of the church, leadership of our country, leadership as yeah, a whole, exactly. um, just feels like there's just been this gigantic failure to, um, provide us that understanding and quite frankly, remind us, right? Because listen, I'm like nobody, everybody else. I mean, if somebody cuts me off in traffic, I get angry, I get upset. And then I think to myself, well, now hold on. Why did that happen? It could have been an accident. You know, I'm sure they didn't intend to do it. And I kind of have to bring myself back in. And to me, I look at this and I'm like, wow, part of the problem with our culture right now is that there's no leadership that's roping us back in. We're all just going down the same path together. And this herd mentality of, well, it has to be this way because, you know, it, no, (laughs) I just don't think that's the case. Um, And to me, it's, although it's easy to say, well, I mean, people just need more Jesus in their life. I mean, I, it feels a little bit more complicated than that. It's definitely more complicated, <laughs> but that's the simple answer. It you know? is. I know. I mean, this, this is the point. For somebody, for all of us who have Jesus in our life, we can remember when we didn't. Yeah. And we can identify with those people who are in that struggle right now. And that's the thing about trying to help people is you can say that, but until they truly desire to believe it and put their foot on yeah. that path, no matter what you say is going to change their mind. I mean, you, you said something a minute ago that's so important. Our leadership has failed us. Our political leadership, both parties, our community leadership, our corporate leadership, yeah. our church leadership, you know. They have failed because they have turned their backs on, especially Christians who claim to be Christians and don't act Christ-like. They have turned their backs on what they have professed to believe in. You know, most of our political leaders, most in this country, most of our uh, corporate leaders all claim to be Christians or at least be cognizant of Christian behavior. Looks good on and the yet, business card, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and we live in a, a boiling cauldron oh. of everything that is anti-Christian or anti-Christ. And you know, Paul talked about this early on. The anti-Christ has been with us in principle. He lives within us, you know, in principle, and he's there ready to allow us to go down that path. It it all comes down to choice. And do we choose to believe in Jesus or not? And then if we do, how are we going to respond in our behavior? Will we respond Christ-like 
or we just is that just a talking point? And this is where you know our leadership. If you look back two generations ago, or three generations now, to my grandparents, those people who lived through the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and went through two world wars, they had each other's backs, you know, regardless of their race, regardless of their color, regardless of their religious beliefs. Sure, we have always had this antichrist fever in every society, you know, at the core. But in those tough situations where the world was literally on the brink of economic and military collapse for 40 years, you know, people in this country, people around the world had each other's backs and you could depend on them and their word was their bond. Yeah. And, you know, out of the, the war came the wealth of this nation because of the businesses that behaved corporately in the best interest of their employees and their consumers. You know, it's only been in this last, I don't know, 15 or 20 years that all of that has been cast aside. And so where is the leadership? You know, very few people trust our leadership, again, whether it's political, whether it's religious or whether it's economic, they just don't trust it. And when there's no trust, there's no belief. And when there's no belief, there's no support. And once the support is gone, the empire crumbles. And I believe that's much of what we're seeing today. And as a student of Bible prophecy and end times, I can see the precursors that Jesus and the prophets predicted in the end times taking place every day in our news cycle. You know, people believe, well, the rapture or the Antichrist or the second coming or the, the temple, you know, those are way far off events and they're just going to happen. You know, one day it's just going to happen. And that may be true of the rapture, but all of the things, the mark of the beast and, and the destruction of Israel, all of the things prophesied in the end times take time for them to happen. And there's precursors that have to chip away and chip away and chip away until people are willing to accept the unacceptable, you know, and willing to allow one person to take control of the world. So those days are coming. And, and if you are savvy to the Bible and scripture, and particularly end times, you can see those things happening every day in our world. If you took one news cycle today, you would see, you know, a handful or a dozen things foretold in the end times that have to have things other than that to take place. And that's what's happened. And without leadership in the world, that leaves a big gap and a big vacancy for someone who can convince the world that he's the ultimate leader <laughs> to, to step on stage and take the spotlight. And apparently, you know, we have no leadership in the world in any facet or endeavor in the world who's yeah. able to take that spotlight. So somebody else is going to step in and take that power away. And things are going to be 
so disconcerting and so jumbled and so dangerous that good-minded people are going to cast caution to the wind and they're going to say, okay, I'll go with that guy. I believe what he's saying, you know, and it, it may hurt me, but it can't hurt me any more than leaderless world yeah. is hurting me. You know, it, it's crazy. I it, I used to hear some of this talk and I would think, ah, come on now. That's, but you know, really what's, if I look back, you brought up 15 to 20 years, and that's an interesting landmark, I think, because uh, for people like myself, I vividly remember 9-11. Well, that's been 20 years ago. Now, if I look at what's occurred in the world in the last 20 years, you don't really have to try very hard to convince me. <laughs> that end times could be close because, you know, I, I, I continue to just shake my head at what's going on in the world. And I've really tried to check out of it. Uh, just I'm, I'm, I'm never caught up on the news anymore and that's both good and bad. It's also by design because I don't feel like I can have my heart on Christ and that I can be the best person that I can be uh, if, if I'm following the news all the time, it's hard for me to turn away because I want to be informed, but it's also incredibly disheartening to see what's going on in the world. And, um, I just make sure to, uh, uh, send up prayers on a consistent basis because yeah. I, it just feels like the day is drawing closer. You know, you said something interesting. We had an accident here between here in Little Rock last night or yesterday afternoon, and 12 people were killed. There was about 15 big rig trucks involved and numerous cars. And, you know, whether it's Ukraine or that accident or my neighbor who has a heart attack, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is I hope they were right with God. Yeah. Because none of us knows, you know, when that moment may come. Heck, one of you or I could have an aneurysm right now and end the podcast. And I'd, I'd prefer you don't. Thank you. No. Okay. Um, we don't know when our last breath is going to be. And so this is the importance of what you and I are trying to help some people in the world see is. Yeah. Because we don't know, it's time to be prepared. It's time to be right spiritually with the Lord. And how do you do that? And I, I want to make a point here because people often ask me, you know, say, I don't read the Bible. I can't get into it. I don't understand it. What do I need to know? And <laughs> one of the things I ask them to think about is what we talked about before, Matthew 22, 37. Love God first and most, treat your neighbor as yourself. You know, this is our directive of response to the people in our lives. The other most important thing I always try to impress is, you know, if you don't know the Bible and that's okay, this is the scripture you need to know. Romans 10, 9, 10, 13, and 17. And if you read that scripture and you understand it, 
and you believe it to be true, no matter when you take that last breath, you are saved. You're covered, regardless of how you've lived your life, regardless of the things that you've said or done that you wish you could take back. The point is, you know, for those people who lost their lives last night, I hope and pray they were right with the Lord. Yeah. Because, because we are getting to the end times, there's not going to be time for redos and do-overs. You know, the Bible says today's the day to get right with the Lord. And nothing could be more true or poignant for us living in the 21st century. So I always try to get that Romans quote in so people can look in their Bibles or go online, pull up a Bible, you know, passage. Um, yeah. site and, and just read and know that scripture and if you'll do that you'll have taken the first step to eternal salvation and then if you know if that intrigues you more then learn more and here's my suggestion for that for people who want to know how to read the bible and say i don't know where to start you know it's too hard do this get a red letter edition that's a bible where jesus's words are printed in red and you, be, you only have to read four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. And you only read the red letter paragraphs. You start at the first red letter and you read that red letter and you skip all of the black. And you just read the next paragraph that's in red and the next paragraph. And you can do this in a day's time. That's how short it is. But if you'll do that, you will have a spiritual grounding and an understanding of what the Bible's all about, who Jesus was, why he came, and why it's important to you. At that point, if you want to read more and get more into the Bible, read the book of John. And if you'll read the red letters, editions, and the book of John, you'll be on the path to understanding, to having truth in your life, and to realizing the impact of what spiritual grounding and a spiritual relationship with Christ will do in changing your life. It, you know, I, it, I'm going to add to that, and this is going to sound kind of funny, but um, I, one of the things I've encouraged people to do um, is watch The Chosen. And the reason I've done that is um, not because it's always accurate. It's not. They do. Um, uh, the, the, Jesus does have some one-liners, uh, and they're typically pretty good, by the way. But uh, you know that they take a little liberty with. But my point is, is that the gentleman that portrays Jesus in the Chosen, boy, oh boy, now that's the guy I want on my team. I tell you what, because, it, you know, it just, um, I, I, I don't know what he does deep inside of, of himself to portray Jesus. But I, I mean, that's the Jesus that I want to know, you know. And so I, I, I also have been encouraging people to watch The Chosen if they, if they want, um, you know, an interesting idea of who Jesus is. If they're trying to get a picture in their mind, um, I, you know, I, I encourage them to watch it with some caveats, but you know, it, it's still excellent programming 
for people that may not know who Jesus is. Tell me, I'm not familiar with it. Tell me what it is, where it is. Oh, boy. So um, The Chosen, um, you can uh, find this um, on your, it's actually uh, an app on your phone. I believe that they now have the show on um, uh, Apple and uh, and some streaming channels. It's uh, become the largest uh, crowdfunded channel. I, I think that in the history of crowdfunding that they've raised the most amount of money. Um, I'll even put it in the show notes here at the end of the show. And, and, and maybe we could talk more about yeah. it, branch, but um, you know, I, I think for people that are searching um, you know, I always say leave no man behind and I, I don't want to leave any stone unturned either. Um, and uh, because at the end of the day, I like to think that what you and I are talking about is whether it's our last day or not, just knowing Christ and some of these uh, and and the Bible, it's about being alive in your faith and, and just alive in general. And, you know, I circle back to something I said earlier, which is, you know, life is just so much better when you feel alive, you know, I was a performance driven Christian for a long time. And that's actually living in a small story, not the larger story of life. And, you know, I think that um, when you understand that there's a difference (laughs) between those two, you can live much more fully alive and you're not white knuckling it, trying to get through every day. Um, With control of the wheel, you understand who's really got control of the wheel. And, um, you know, that's just, uh, um, in my mind, a fundamental thing that, uh, I think is just critically important. Yeah. The, the, the strength of, of Christ and relationship with Christ. The great thing is he gives blessings here as well as hereafter. And, and we all know, you know, the hereafter blessing of eternal life, but when he's on your side, when he's dwelling with you in your spirit, he's ready every day to help you and, and give blessings here. So like you say, you know, your life becomes blossoms, it becomes so much more mm-hmm. and you recognize, you know, you look at nature differently. You look at people differently. You see the inside of people, you know, regardless of what their words may be, you see their motivations and you see the good in people, you know, too much of life today is seeing the hatred and the shortcomings in others and blaming them, you know, for all of our issues and problems and insecurities. And yet, you know, I learned this in in the army. If you've ever served in the military, you're thrown into situations with a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds and from a lot of different places. But that situation, you really see people for who they are, you know, inside, not just how they respond and act outside. And that's what having a relationship with Christ will do for you. It will allow you to see the goodness in people so that you can overlook the harshness, you know, of their exterior and, and just what they're trying to get and why they're trying to get it. 
and and with that understanding that there is goodness in there you know perhaps you can help bring that goodness out and and once they can see their own goodness perhaps they can start to look at their own world in a little bit different perspective you know it's it's hard to change people's minds when they've got their heels so far dug in <laughs> that they they've dug themselves a hole that they can't yeah. get out of you know so let's lend a helping hand through you know love and truth through Christ lend a hand to them and help them out of the hole instead of just turning our back and letting them dig or die in that hole yeah that is a fantastic spot to to end here i think so so branch Tell everybody, um, and as we always do, we'll put this in the show notes. Tell everybody, how can they get a hold of you? How can they find out about uh, your stories, your readings, your website, and that type of thing? Sure. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Um, I've got a website. I've also got a YouTube channel. The easiest way is just to Google my name. It's Branch Like a Tree, I-S-O-L-E. If you Google it, I'm the only one. So I come up right away. You don't have to go through a lot of pages. And it's got links to podcasts, to my books, to my website, to the writings. Um, lots of it's on there for free. Help yourself read. If you want to comment or have a question, just go to my website. There's a section there under Meet the Author where you can correspond directly with us. Well, that's awesome. Branch, this was a great discussion. I enjoyed our time together and uh, sure appreciate you being on the, the True Man podcast. My pleasure, Mike. It's my honor to be on the True Man podcast with you. Thanks. Take care. I'm sure you could hear on the podcast today the depth of knowledge and wisdom that Branch Isoli brings to the table. You know, authoring 22 books and living a soulful life committed to God will give you that wisdom to discern the truth around the way God wants us to live. Now, I still go back to one of Branch's original uh, words that he gave me in an email, which is that people should courageously surrender to Christ, life's true coach, boy and how. And that's really, you know, the, the, the center of true man life, right? taken right out of the Bible, Christ walk on earth as a true man, the ultimate coach and teacher. In fact, I'm a big believer that Jesus Christ was the first true coach we can point to, and wow, what an example he was. You know, so much of the time, we walk around in life looking for motivation or inspiration to get us going. And I understand, because what's amazing is there are so many people that have overcome the odds or disease or some kind of obstacle in their life, and it can be inspiring. But what about the obvious, which is Scripture has countless examples and stories to teach us, coach us, inspire us, and father us. Now let me ask you a question. Do you believe that overcoming obstacles or overcoming disease or the things that are stacked against us, do you believe these things happen by accident? Or could it have been the hand of God involved in it? You know, one of the things Branch 
mentioned during the podcast was we spend a lot of time trying to get ahead. Now, do you think trying to keep up is you or does the potential exist that your false self is asking you to do something to please your ego? And when I say false self, I'm referring to the devil at work. Now, I ask these deep questions to get to the heart of what really matters, and that's being the best man, father, and husband you can be for your family, for your country, for your church, for the people you work for. Now, listen, I understand I have a nice house, probably more than I deserve. Yes, I've driven expensive cars. Yes, I've been on expensive vacations, and I've worried more about my ego at times than that veteran that's standing on the side of the road who doesn't look like he's bathed in several days and he's just looking to make a few bucks to wash my windshield off. What should I care about more? Now, I've played to my ego more times than I can count. And what does it get you? Typically, it gets you shame, guilt, and sometimes worry about How in the heck am I going to pay for that Lexus when a Toyota Camry would have gotten me where I wanted to go anyway? You know, we all have these thoughts from time to time. Now, I'm not trying to guilt anyone here. I'm really not. I just want to point out that being spiritually grounded will fill you up faster than an expensive car that you probably don't need anyway. Now, I understand these things sometimes circle around the identity you have in expensive objects or brands that make you feel good. That's what they're designed to do. Again, I'm not suggesting you don't have nice things. I'm not saying that at all. And I know Branch didn't infer that on the podcast. What I'm talking about and what I believe Branch was talking about is having a firm identity in Christ, who you serve, why you serve, and what you do it for. It pleases God, and it will please you as well. I promise. I'll put a guarantee on it. Now, if you're confused by what that means, no worries. If you want to have a stronger understanding of what that looks like, so you don't have to walk around wondering if there's more to life, what was all that that Mike just said? Well, reach out to me at mike at truemanlifecoaching.com. And let's have an initial call where we can talk about what a roadmap to healthy thinking and success may look like for you. Let's design a plan for you. I'd love to talk with you about it. Hey, listen, if you enjoyed today's show, and I certainly hope you did, please leave us a great review on any of your favorite podcast channels. And listen, please go out and make this your best day ever. Improve your life today with Mike Van Pelt and True Man Life Coaching. Let's develop a roadmap of discovery that leads to success and satisfaction in your life. For additional information and details on how to schedule an initial coaching call, go to truemanlifecoaching.com.